0: Welcome everyone to Seek Go Create. This is your host Tim Wenders. If you are new and joining us, this is where we redefine success in leadership, business, and in ministry. If you're joining us uh, after listening multiple times, you know this is where we have fun. We have great conversations, great topics, interview great guests, and today is no different. I could tell you. I just want to go ahead and let you know right up front that I really do believe that this is going to be a conversation where we go very deep into that ministry or spiritual side of what we like to talk about on Seek Go Create. And so I am excited about it. I've just finished reading the book from our guest and listening to an episode that she was on. We are going to have so much fun. I will get to the guest in just a moment. Before I do that, got a big, big favor to ask of you. Myself, Tim Winders, your host, has just finished my debut novel. It is titled Coach, A Story of Success Redefined, and I'm going to ask a big favor. Depending on when you're listening in on this, if you go to seekgocreate.com forward slash book, that's seekgocreate.com forward slash book, you could go there, and if it's before the release of the book, then you can actually download and get the first chapter for free, and read it, and check it out, and see if you like the style, and the story, and everything like that. If you go there after the release of the book, then you'll be able to get all the information on the book. And I've got to tell you one little bit, little tidbit here. I was actually doing a review of the final chapters just recently. My wife was sitting near me, and she looked over at me. She says, Tim, are you crying? And anyone who knows me knows you can say a lot of things about me. I'm not a crier, okay? That is not me, not a crier. And I was sitting there with a little tear coming down my cheeks. She goes, are you excited just because you're finished and all that? I said, no, actually, I think this is really, really good. And, you know, you sometimes hate to say that about something that's your work, but I just enjoyed reading my book, kind of odd. So, uh, anyway, but I'm kind of weird too. I enjoy listening to the podcast. I enjoy listening to this. So, Please, if you haven't already, go check out seatgocreatecom forward slash book. Get the first chapter, or if it's after the release, get the book. I appreciate it. I look forward to getting feedback from you. I believe that it's going to be a blessing to you because it was a blessing to me in the writing process. So thanks for doing that. Let's jump into this guest because the topic of my novel, the podcast, almost everything we do with the SeatGoCreate channels, This person embodies that. Today we have Sherilyn Decker as our guest. And here's what she said about herself in her bio. She said she was a people-pleasing workaholic who suffered from mommy guilt and walked through life with false confidence. She was burned out, spiritually, empty, emotionally, emotionally drained, and sleepless. Sounds like a fun life. She had a transformation that occurred. We're gonna talk about that. And the transformation has led her to help others overcome and live a life of peace as an author, speaker, and coach. Sherilyn, welcome to Seek, Go Create.
1: Hi Tim, thank you so much for having me. Hello everybody on Facebook.
0: Yeah, say hello to everyone and everyone in podcast land and YouTube land. It's great to uh, great to have you here, Sherilyn. I know that we're gonna have fun and I have got so many thoughts. I believe it's the Holy Spirit. I believe you and I, we had a conversation right before we clicked record. That We've got a lot of things that, in my opinion, I'm not sure they're talked about much in any circles, especially church circles, definitely not business circles, leadership, and so I'm excited about it. But before we do that, I've got a first question i like to ask, and that is this. You and I bump into each other somewhere, uh, maybe casual, maybe around friends, maybe church, whatever, and I say, Sherilyn, what do you do, what do you typically tell people?
1: I say I help leaders and entrepreneurs hear, experience, and lead from a voice of clarity, so they can mm. show up with purpose and impact those who they're called to serve. And this is a faith community, so the voice of clarity is the voice of our God.
0: Very cool. All right. So, when you say, and right, I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce already here and do something that uh, I hadn't planned on. What? We have a discussion on this podcast quite often, on this show quite often about what is leadership. How do you define a leader? Because there's a lot of people that listen in and they think they're a leader or some people don't think they are. What, what is your, how, how do you qualify or clarify what leadership is?
1: Leadership is helping other people achieve their best by pulling out of them their gifts their talents, helping them recognize what's in their way so that they can move forward. Leadership is selfless. Leadership says, let me help you get to where you need to go. And if we're going there together as a group and an organization so that we can all do what we're supposed to be doing.
0: Yeah, that's, I love that. I love the selfless nature of it because it kind of fits into a, I use the word, I use the definition steward quite a bit for a leader. Mm And I use that word because to me, it is like a caretaker. And, uh, and so your definition lines up definitely with kind of the views and thoughts that I have. So thank you for sharing that, I appreciate that. Now you, like most people, have been on a journey and, and everybody has a journey to live. But one of the things I'd love for us to do early on here is kind of back up and talk briefly about your journey because that's going to give us a framework for some of the conversations that I would love for us to have. So in in whatever way you would like, and again, I've just finished reading your book, I've kind of gone through your story, so it's fresh in my mind, but I believe we need for it to be fresh in the listener's mind. Tell a little bit about uh, that pivotal time that uh, that occurred, and if you have to give some prep for it or whatever, and then I'm gonna kind of zig and zag to kind of pull some more out of it. So can you do that for us?
1: So the pivotal moment that everything changed?
0: Yeah, that everything changed. It sounded like it was a job or a financial yeah. situation. Yeah, so it
1: was a phone call that changed my life forever. Mm-hmm. And the words, I'm sorry, your position has been eliminated. Mm-hmm. And we were living outside of Washington, D.C. That is the area just is a two income area anyway. And so that was kind of what we had to do to make ends meet. So my husband was working, I was working and we were living comfortably. I love how your podcast talks about, you know, redefining success. And one of the things that kind of gets in the way is our money and our money mindsets. And so we were living that we were living that. And so when I lost my job, I was the breadwinner. So 60% of our income was gone in just a second. And I sat there with the, oh, my gosh, now what? And I had to be confronted with everything I believed about myself and I believed about God, and it shook me to my absolute foundation because even though I knew in my head that God was my provider, I had to now walk it. And I had to believe it. And I had to let God show up and show off that it really was him. It was never me to begin with.
0: Mm -hmm. So job change, uh, job disappear, financial. I want to ask, and sometimes I ask questions that have, that sound like they might be a little cynical, but they're really to get to a point. I think there are things that might be in people's head. Was it really a shock for you? I mean, did you have any clues that maybe something was going on with the company. The reason I bring that up is that a lot of our downfall was related to the 08 downturn in in the economy. And I had clues, but I, I don't know if I ignored them. I don't know if I was just had blinders on, I don't know. I think you use the term spiritual, spiritual uh, arrogance at one point in your book. Maybe if, I, if that's not you, then I apologize. But you know, I thought I'm good, I'm, I'm in great shape. It can't happen to me. I mean, did you have any clues at all or just like totally blindsided?
1: So there were two pieces of that. Okay. There were which part of this was my responsibility that I reap what I sow. And there was a piece of that that was mine because I left a very prestigious job before where I was unhappy. And so Mm. I was looking for something to fill a void and that job could not sustain that. So Mm. while there was a piece of that that I brought on myself by looking, it was, I will tell you right now, it was my pride that kind of got in the way. It was the title, it was the position, it was the promotion that I did not get. So I left in bitterness. And so i left to go find another job and then when i was there there were so many things that you were right were pointing out that this is not the right fit they lied about the job you know it was um 80 travel was not supposed to be like all kinds of things were wrong about that and you know um they had there were lots of things that were leading up to me thinking this is not the right fit for me but every time i asked the lord I never got any, instinct, any instincts, any words, any lead, leading that I needed to leave. And when they kept changing my job, you know, Hey, do this or go do that. One of the things that I was asked to do was to write some job descriptions. And I had had a leadership role in the, in the past. So this didn't feel that out of the ordinary, but there's something didn't sit right and I'm there on, you know, the job site. And I hear the voice that says, well, maybe you should go look for yourself. But I knew that that wasn't my voice and I knew that wasn't God's voice because I've listened to him long enough that I knew this was the voice of the enemy that was trying to get me to do something I shouldn't be doing. It's that gut check. And so I was like, hmm. So that was kind of my first instinct that, okay, you know, there's something else here. If I'm being tempted, to leave and go mm. look for something else and do it on company time. And so I was writing these job descriptions and then, you know, just asking the Lord, do I need to be searching? Do I need to be looking for something else? And he never said a word. Mm. He never said yes. And he never said no, but I definitely had the strong impetus that I should not be doing this right now.
0: Interesting. So I, right. let's go ahead and go to a deeper level, just right out of the gate here. And I'm going to share a little bit about, what i've asked the lord about my journey and i'd love to hear your thoughts about it also because i believe that you are a strong person that has strong convictions, strong beliefs but you're also created that way which also means you can do your own thing if you decide to we could do things without god because he created us strong I've asked myself many times because as we were heading into the downturn of 08 and, you know, as you were talking about, I know I hear from the Lord too. And you've talked about hearing from the Lord. I've heard you talk about it. We'll, we'll go into that a little bit more later. But I wonder when, when the Lord seems silent, if it's my will that's pushing his voice out because I just don't want to hear it. Do you have any thoughts or feedback on that? <laughs>
1: When we run the red light, we know we're running a red light. <laughs> so when we are being disobedient to the Lord, we flat out know it. Mm. And he is so good that he know when we, when we are being, when he tells us to do something and we don't do it, there's this line where we just are being rebellious. That is not what you're describing. Mm. What you are describing what, and what I hear your heart and what I know my heart is, is Lord, I just want to walk where you tell me to walk. I want you to shine your light on my path. And I trust you that if I step off the path that you will correct me and bring me back. Not because of my disobedience, but because you're right. He gives us free will where we can, you know, where we have, you know, a little bit of, of leash, if you want to say that. Mm. That's just the wrong word with relation to God. But he lets us make some choices on our own where it really doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And so one of what I love how you were describing about. Okay, I'm strong. I can do this in my own giftings. And yes, I could, but still, there's several times in the Bible where David, who is known as one of the mighty men, right? He he could, you know, take on lions and bears and Goliath and you know all of these things. Yet before he encountered any army, he asked the Lord every single time, Do I engage? This isn't his strength. He's operating in his strengths, yet he says to the Lord, Do I engage? Sometimes God says, yes, go and I'll deliver them into your hands. Sometimes he says, wait till you hear the sound of the mulberry trees and you know I am with you. Sometimes he says no. And sometimes he says nothing. And so we have to be able Mm -hmm. to dive in with our relationship with the Lord and know what does nothing look like. Does nothing mean wait? Which I don't like wait. It's a four-letter word. I don't like it. Yet it's part of the process of how we learn to hear God's voice and get, say, you know, then we ask like Gideon, can I have another confirmation, please? (laughs) Can I have another, can I have another, can Can I have have another? Yeah.
0: Just keep asking. (laughs) How about, can you, can you give me something else? Can you give me something else? So.
1: Yeah. And so in those times, I just want to follow up with this. In those times I only move forward if I'm wearing my shoes of peace and that's the armor of God. If he calls our, our shoes peace, then if I do not have peace, I do not move forward. And so that's kind of helping me when I'm when I'm in this place of silence and he hasn't given me any new information and I know, okay, I'm gonna keep walking towards what you said last time until you tell me to stop.
0: Yeah. Have you always had that uh, ability to gauge peace or is that something that's newer for you?
1: No, this is new. This is the transformation work in God where I don't get ahead of him because I was the kind of girl type A, get it done. And then God would be like, oh, yeah, it's not your plan, A. <laughs> I had to surrender a lot to lay down my purposes and my plans for what was really God's best.
0: Yeah. So one thing that's always intriguing about these type stories or transformations, we will use that word because I think it's what it is. I'm always curious, and I, and I read a little bit about it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you share about what people's relationship with with church with with spiritual things with with their heavenly father with their creator with Jesus Christ what it was growing up because it's interesting there's this thought in church world you'll hear me use this word church world quite a bit there's this thought in church world that if you give your life to Christ everything's just awesome <laughs> And, and there's no issues, no problems. I don't know what scripture people use for that, but there's this thought. I mean, it's not biblical, but. And, uh, and so I, I, I think from hearing you talk, you actually grew up around church and you were, I didn't, okay, I, I, I had my issues. I was out there with the Gentiles. I was hanging out with the unwashed masses and I was doing all I could to do well in that world. I came into the fold later. So, but you grew up in all this. So give us a little bit of your background so that we could kind of understand how that led up to the situation where one needed to be transformed later.
1: (laughs) Mm. I am so thankful that I came from a family that is a multi-generational Christian. So I can say I've been in church since the womb. I've been there the entire time. And so I kind of grew up in an environment that that was just what we did. That was part of our culture. That was part of our family heritage. And I grew up in church, the door was open, we were there. Mm. And that was very much so my foundation. However, that does not mean that it was a life without difficulty because Paul tells us so many times in the epistles that it is, we are to expect trials. Because adversity comes. I love your interview that you did with Chris Grazzo, is that how you say his last Mm -hmm. name? Where he was talking about how adversity is going to come And that the easy life is not something we have been promised. And Paul tells us we need to boast in our struggle. He says, boast in it. And so what does that mean? We boast in it because God is doing something. I love how Graham Cook says we need to be looking for the goodness of God in the middle of our circumstances, because when we're looking for the goodness of God, instead of getting caught up in, oh, my gosh, the storm, the storm, the storm, when we're looking for God, then we can find him and we can find our peace and we can be settled in it. But it is definitely not something that, you know, that I've, I don't like going through trials, I don't, but they have strengthened me and sharpened me. And if anything, I can say my faith is my own and it's not on the wings of my grandmother.
0: Mm. So did, when you were growing up in, in, uh, in the church environment, would, looking back, would you say, you faced a lot of struggles or challenges. Or looking back, it was probably—I don't want to say easy. That's not the right word. But just—I uh, don't, don't even like to say you were tested because that's not the right terminology. I like to use either. But were you were were you being sharpened along the way as as much as you now look back on? Because I think when we arrive at a situation, especially in first world where there's a financial challenge. I think sometimes we act as if we're shocked by it. I, I did like, oh my gosh, this, where did this come from? And I was just wondering what preparation you had uh, in trials leading up to the situation where your job disappeared.
1: What a great question. I, I
0: can <laughs> it's see- It's a lot to it. <laughs>
1: There is. Let me unpack a little bit of that. So uh, my childhood, my teenagehood was not without, was not perfect by any means. Mm. And just because I was saved did not make it easy. As a matter of fact, there were a lot of difficulties I had with friendships in the church. Mm. There were a lot of things that happened to me as a teenager in church environments that were unhealthy and toxic. And it had me places like i remember when i when i was old enough to drive i asked my parents if i could go to a different church by myself Hmm. because the place i was at was not a healthy environment for me and they did they said yes and so i was able to go to another church's youth group and make friends with some with other places and my my family was totally okay with that i still sat with them on church on sunday sunday morning but i was allowed to you know go and build my own group of friends with people who were who were um, just better to be around i talk about in the book how not everybody is right for you in your friendship circles and that was true and that was definitely a foundational piece of my you know um, development was realizing who i could let into my life and who I could be around. I mean, there was there was just physical stuff I mean, it was bullying, all kinds of different things that, you know, I went through as, you know, a developing teenager. Mm. And then the other, you know, the other piece of that question is, well, let's just wait. Let's just see what else you want to pull out of that. Um, but it was definitely not without its, um, without its mess. Let's just
0: okay, so here's the second part of the question then. The second part of the question is, and I'm asking this as much for the person who feels as if they grew up in and around a church environment and the ones that are going, I didn't have that. What about how you grew up in and around church prepared you for some of the things that you were going to face later in life that now you know more about? And then, what do you think? And listen, this is not bash the church. I don't. I'm not doing that. But what do you think that you lacked in preparation as far as what you were going to be facing later in life? Does that make sense? Did I did I ask that right? It does
1: let me start with the last part. First. Okay. What go I ahead. felt like I lacked is I didn't know how to use the word of God as my sword. Hmm. And so while I grew up saying, okay, yes, let's memorize scripture and let's understand the stories and, the, you know, and let's understand how to do some of that, I didn't understand what it looked like to be offensive about it. Because if we think about the armor of God, the sword is not a, necessarily a defensive weapon, it's mm-hmm. offensive. Mm-hmm. It's like you can clash, I can clash with your sword, you can clash with mine, but we can also you know, um, jab with it. You know, it's, it's a weapon. And I didn't know how to use the word of God as my sword of truth. And so as I was walking and I was developing as an adult in my faith, and especially in adversity, I realized that there were promises of God that I was not experiencing. And I'm like, I want that. That's mine. You said that. You said that I could, that that was my promise. Yet I'm not seeing it to its fullness. And so if that meant for instance, losing my job, that he was my provider. That really meant that I had to learn each and every verse that had to do with God saying he was my provider and he's not offended by this, remind him, hey Lord, your word says, and then I would list whatever the verse was that went up against my circumstances. But I never learned how to do that in my, you know, in the denomination that I grew up in. But, so I wasn't prepared necessarily that way, but I had building blocks. I had a relationship with the holy spirit and if there's any school that's by far the best school ever it's the school of the holy spirit he is the lord is going to teach us everything that we need to learn to be equipped for what we need to grow into the next step he'll bring the right people around us he'll bring the right opportunities for us to learn the same lesson again thank you lord and get it right he'll give us opportunities so he is the great by far the best teacher that there is. And so even though I didn't necessarily have the right tools in my toolbox, he led me to those on his own. And so I can say that to you, even if you are just, whether you've known Jesus for a day or a decade, trust him to lead you and equip you for what you need, because our past is not meant to be punishment. Our past is meant to point us to what God wants to teach us so that we can make changes and do things the way he wants us to do them moving forward.
0: Yeah, that's good. And Sherilyn, one of the things I don't live a lot, I'm not one on regrets. My wife and I talk about this all the time. There's probably a couple things where we've said, you know, we probably should have had more children and a couple of the things we've talked about but um, I know you're a Virginia Tech, right? Virginia Tech person? I did,
1: yes. Georgia yes.
0: Georgia Tech here, so I say Tech just kind of with this blanket, not realizing there's another Tech out there, but we, we can allow another Tech, I guess. So, um, but uh, the thing I love to ask people that have been through, because I actually I sit down with the Lord many times, and I ask this question, and I'm going to give you what He tells me after you answer, but I say, Lord, is there anything that if I had it to do over again, we should have done it differently? And not because I want to go wallow in it or regret it, but anything I should have learned from that? I know you grew up on the East Coast. You went to Virginia Tech. I think I I saw somewhere where you got a law degree and things like that. Is there anything knowing what you know now? some people ask it the question that you would tell your younger self or that you would do differently, or I, you could take it however you want to take it, but some wisdom that you've gained that your younger self would really benefit from. What, what would that be? Because I, I put a lot of thought into that and I'll, I'll tell you what the Lord's told me after you answer.
1: I love that question. Bec- I love that you have a heart for no regrets because hmm. every single step has gotten me to where I'm here, where I'm at right now. I can see how God has used the um, things that I might've thought were detours, things that I might've thought were in my flesh, decisions that I made that maybe weren't my best. I've seen how he's used each and every one of those. And he does give us opportunities to do things different. We will come across the same personality type in a different job. And he gives us a new chance to show them the love of Christ. He gives, there's always another opportunity to repeat it. It may not be, you know, go around the same track and get off the right exit, but he's always giving us an opportunity to make a U-turn and get it done right. So we can go to the next level that he wants to take us at. There's always another opportunity to learn. And if we have that mindset that says, what can I learn from it? Now, there's a season of my life that I had to let stay for a while in god's hands until i was completely and fully healed from those woundings Hmm. before i could go back and find the treasure in it and so there are those seasons and i don't want to say that you know hey there's places of our past that are always rosy they're not there's some that are pretty icky and yet even even in those situations where i'm like god that was just my fault my mess so icky he has still used them to transform me by saying, okay, let's find some strength in that. Let's go there, trust me, see that I was with you, see my perspective on it, and let's look at this again. Not from a place of you know, condemnation, but from a place of let me bring you freedom.
0: Yeah, the, the reason that I really love that answer, I'm sitting here writing some things down that we'll talk about in just a moment, is because I spent probably a few years just, I don't know, crying out, begging, whatever to the Lord. You know, I would like to say sometimes they were prayers. They weren't always that way. And, And I said, Lord, I feel like I've really messed up. You know, we've gone through bankruptcies, all these type things that we're going through. I feel as if the Lord spoke to me, Sherilyn, and said, there is nothing that has occurred in your past that we will not use to advance my kingdom and i just said well all right then that's because yeah. that's what i heard you say in better wording <laughs> just now Well,
1: it's the heart of romans eight twenty eight that i will use all, all things. things all <laughs> things for your good yeah. if you are called according to his purpose and if we are and by the way his purpose is for us to be created in the image of Christ Mm -hmm. and to be serving other people. And if we're called according to his purpose, then he's gonna use every little thing, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And he's gonna weave it into this beautiful picture. And we're gonna be like, look what you did, God. That's so amazing.
0: Yeah, so, so here's my question then that I think, let's jump to one of the biggest challenges, I think with first world Christianity and that is the defining of all things because you brought up Romans eight twenty eight, one of my favorite favorite verses and 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 so all things <laughs> does that include getting a phone call and losing 60 percent of your income <laughs> and losing your job because in some of our minds we kind of and, and I grew up in a the, the church, I mean, we were word of faith. We also were for a period of time, the um, almost said name it, claim it, prosperity. I, I was immersed pretty heavy in prosperity gospel. I don't throw all of that out like a lot of people do. I think there's some pluses and minuses to a lot of doctrinal movements and things like that. But let me tell you what, our mindset was, as long as you got money coming in, you're blessed. If all of a sudden you don't, something's going on. And so talk to me about all things and let's go ahead and relate it to your story because i think that's one of the big challenges that most of us have we define success let's talk about what we do here at our channel we define success by certain parameters that the world defines it and i think god's got this totally different definition out there so all things job money Mash it all together. Talk to us, Cheryl, and just share anything you want to share related to that.
1: The Lord doesn't make mistakes. And so when he uses the word all, he <laughs> means all. There's no asterisk by that that sends you to another section that says, oh, but not this. And so there's no footnote that says that it's qualified. It's all. If we surrender it. Mm. So we have to get to a place where we say, Lord, I give you this. I don't like it, but I'm going to give it to you. And there have been times where God has had me pull things out of my hands and I was tightly gripped. It was like a fist that he had to pry every finger out of to finally get me to say, yes, I will let that go. Mm -hmm. Now I'm, you know, now, now I'm like, okay, you know, quick to listen and obey, like, <laughs> what are you asking me for God? Because that's gotten to a place where I realize when he's asking me to let something go, it's because he has something greater that's coming. And what I'm holding on to is getting in my way. And so when I look back, I can look back years later and say that was one of the best things that ever happened to me learning, losing my job, but it wasn't in the moment. We have to be able to, in the moment, in the middle of our storm, trust him. And you're right. We, as first world Christians, and even as, you know, 21st century Christians have a very distorted view of what blessings look like from God.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And blessing is his goodness and his favor and his, I've got your back. And if that means that you've got my back in the middle of my mess and I will be okay, then that means that that, what that means, I did this entire 10 day challenge with some of um, some of the people that I work with. And we were talking about finances and we were talking about all the creative ways that God likes to provide for us. If we look through the Bible, he brought water out of a rock, you know, he fed them through birds. So we can't look at it the way the world likes to say that it's oh you have this or you're you don't it's not that way it's god says have i met your needs now yes sometimes he gives us more than we can ask or imagine and our carts are overflowing and all of that stuff but that isn't that's only if he can trust us with what he's given us he says if we he can trust us with the little he will give us more and there are some that are just naturally gifted. You even talked about this in your podcast that are naturally gifted with, you know, abilities to create wealth. And we're like, but I'm not there, but there's something else that God is asking them to do with that. And we have to understand that they are in they, we all are being asked by the Lord to use what he's given us and to trust him with it whether it's in abundance like Paul says or even in our in our lack to be able to say that at the end of the day God that I trust that what you have for me is good and that every good and perfect gift comes from you and if it doesn't come from your hand then maybe I need to question where it's coming from.
0: So how does one (laughs) this is a tricky question so get ready (laughs) how does one exhibit, live, uh, portray that trust when they were created as someone who is a control type person. The reason I ask that, that's the way I'm wired. I don't know if you are or not, but you seem like kind of a take charge person, (laughs) Sherilyn, which means that in many ways, you know, we can kind of get in this role where we compartmentalize God. In other words, we are trusting God in areas like, let's just say health, maybe, you know, our church world, spiritual, world, maybe our family. But then in work situations, it's like, I got this, God, I'll let you know if I need anything. And this is, I'm exaggerating slightly with the way I'm saying this, but probably not really. So talk about trust, and someone who would be more the personality that they like to control things, control their situations. And how does that match up? And if I don't have you pegged correctly, please correct me.
1: Oh, you've read my mail pretty good. (laughs) I'm a very strong-willed, independent woman, for sure. Like things the way I like them, like definitely you've pegged me. I will say that what the Lord has shown me is that my independence was fear
0: Hmm.
1: fear of what it could look like to be fully dependent on god so in every area that i was trying to control that he had not given me stewardship over i was making a mess Hmm. i was bringing chaos i was if he hadn't given it to me and even in some places where he had and i was then operating in my own Strengths and not saying, hey Lord, what do you want me to do? Because he says, seek me first. And so even in all the things he's entrusted to me, if I'm not seeking him first, then I'm out here on my own. And that means I'm out of his covering. And so I've had to learn that my true independence comes from tapping into my source. And that's where I get my, if that's where I'm getting my power, then you're right. He's going to give me things that I can do. And then he's going to give me, equip me to learn how he thinks, how he believes, how he sees people. And then he can trust me. And so then I trust him. He trusts me and he's like, okay, all right. So then we're going back to the very first question of what we, what it looks like when you aren't hearing from God, Mm -hmm. it's like, can I do this on my own? We kind of get a little caught in the deer in the headlights. Are you sure? And he's like, Yes, you've got this because we've been training and equipping you this entire time. So it really comes down to where was I in control? Where did I think I was in control? And was it really masquerading as my fear of being dependent on what would happen if I truly let God take over?
0: Yeah. and, And in looking back now, we know. But in the midst of it, see, one of the things that I ask, and this may be going down the deeper path question there's some scripture that says some things like uh you know you you're doing the works you're doing things you're doing things in my name however i don't even know who you are and and i know that's strong and i know many of us don't like to ask ourselves but that's those are the kind of questions i ask about myself say lord i don't want to be in that category and and i feel like sometimes the lord has said you know I think you've always looked at me as your source, but there are times that your business was your source, your bank account was your source, and so you compartmentalized. And so I'll, I'll ask you this question. You know, where do we cross a line where all of a sudden we're saying, I'm gonna go back to you a few years ago, you know, this, this job is very important to me, it's very important to the finances of our, our household and all, and where is one now drawing from that job as your source versus our heavenly father as the source? And then an even deeper part of that is when does it get to the point where are we really his if we're looking at other things as our source? And I'm not, I'm not trying to get into once saved, always saved. That's not what I'm, I'm not trying to go down that path. I'm just trying to say, Who's our source and are we really, really putting ourselves in that right place? And, and I'm asking kind of a tough question by sharing myself, but uh, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I think you hit the nail on the head is, is God showed you where you were not trusting him and he is such a good father hmm. and he, li- he gives us correction in such a way like, hey, uh, I don't think you're fully trusting me with that. So how about we talk about that? you know, or he'll, he brings conviction. And the, the, the word says that it's the goodness of God that brings us to repentance. And so he comes to us and he says, hey, let's talk about this. Or, you know, this is showing up. You thought you had control over that, but really you don't. Or you thought you were trusting me because I'll tell you, my husband and I taught stewardship at church. We taught people how to set up their budgets, how to trust the Lord, how to tithe, how to do all of the practical stuff to get, trust the Lord with your finances. Fast forward five years later and I'm in a layoff and we're like, okay, now we have to let our faith show what that it works. And that's really what it comes down to is do we have the faith? Is our actions based on faith or are our actions dead? Because they don't have, they don't have the right foundation on it. And he will always, sometimes, I love how the scripture talks about how when the storm comes, you can tell what the house is built on. Is it built on sand and it's the foundation is going to be washed away or is it built on the rock and it's going to still get splashed. It's still going to be windy. There's still going to be a thunder and lightning, but it's built on a solid foundation. And I think at the end of the day, God lets that stuff happen to say, okay, let's test this foundation here. And that was definitely what happened, is a lot of my foundation was completely challenged and tested, and we had to see where did I need work? And thank God, he when he stirs something up, it's because he wants to deal with it. And he's good like that. He's not gonna say, all right, Sherrilyn, here's the long list of everything that's wrong with you. He says, no, let's do this. And then you know, a couple of months later, it's, okay, oh, hey, how about that? And then a couple of months later, it's, remember that? <laughs> So he has this process, the way he transforms us, that's so beautiful and not overwhelming.
0: Yeah. And and I know you have children. I think Naomi and Chloe, if I read, if I remember reading that, and I've got grown children. And my question is this, does everyone have to go through that testing? The reason I ask it is this. As parents in today's world, one of the things that many of us have done I don't think we've been guilty. I don't know if you have been, but let's just say one of the things that parents do is try to soften the life that our children lead. And I, I, my wife and I have this conversation. It's like they're going to have to go through, they're going to have to have their personal relationship with the Lord. They're going to have to go through stuff. So, do you believe that everyone is going to have to go through some degree of a test, including, as much as I hate to bring it up, Naomi and Chloe? To kind of come to their interaction and their relationship with the Lord
1: well that's assuming that they haven't
0: that's true because they
1: have ah. and it's just a matter of letting them it's part of that is modeling so there's there's a couple of layers the first layer is as my responsibility as their mother is to fight my fight so that they don't have to deal with my demons right and so if I take my spiritual ground then they have it by inheritance If I don't do my work, then they have to struggle with my stuff too. And so there's a piece of that that says, you know what? I fought that. You're not dealing with people pleasing because I dealt with that. I spot that. We're going to talk about that. That is a victory I have won. And I'm passing that down to you as your inheritance. Hmm. There's the piece of that, that I'm like, hey, this is my victory that, you know, you get because of your lineage. And we can talk about how that taps into our lineage by being a, you know, co-heir with Christ. But the other piece is, is testing produces perseverance and perseverance character. So yes, there will be every single time that we will, by our life, just be able to go through difficulties because it refines us. We are all in the refiner's fire. The scariest prayer of a mom is, Lord, put them through your refiner's fire. Mm. And if you do it in my house, then I can help them walk this with, you know, with my faith and my strength when they don't have any of their own. And that's why, I mean, it's so powerful to have other people alongside us in the journey who have been through what we've been through, who are standing on the other side. When we are looking for breakthrough, our best weapon is to find someone who's overcome it.
0: Yeah.
1: How- and when we can find someone who's overcome it, you're like, you know what? Your marriage was saved after going through a really rocky start. I need to come alongside you in this season. But we don't like to be that vulnerable and and say, oh, I'm going through something when really that's the power, because the word says in Revelation, we overcome him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus paid for and the power of our testimony. So that means that there's a lot that we're missing by not tapping into somebody else's testimony.
0: Yeah. Yeah. How did your family come through with the challenges that you guys went through? Because we've thought a lot about that from ourselves and our children were probably a little bit older than yours. They were almost high school, college age. Um, tell me how, I think Adam's your husband's name, how did, how, did, how did y'all guys, weather? I have, I get the question all the time, how did you and your wife go through what you went through, which is losing a home, being homeless, all of that. And it's a question I get all the time. So I'm kind of asking you, how did y'all, How did y'all make it through? I know spiritual was a big part of it, but uh, anything that you could tell someone that might be helpful? Because I also believe we're in a season right now where people are going through challenges. It looks weird because pandemic and all of that, but I think a lot of people are going through things that they need some encouragement in that area.
1: And that's the key, is we have to reach out to other people. We did not go through it by ourselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, we did, there were some things that we just didn't share but we had specific people that God brought alongside of us. I had a spiritual director at the time. I had a coach to help us walk through some of these difficulties that we were facing. And we had you know, pastors that we were praying with on a regular basis, that we were not going through this by ourselves. And he will tell you that I am not the same woman he married. Thankfully, he got an upgrade. (laughs) I was going to (laughs) say, but I am not the same person that he married and I am not the same mom that I was. And so I I am thankful for that. I, I was selling that to the Lord the other night. I'm like, I don't know what I would have been right about now, but I am so thankful that this is where I'm at. Um, I sent my daughter to her first day of high school today, and I sent her out the door with like blessings and declarations and all that stuff. Had this been, you know, first day of kindergarten, I'd been like, "See ya." <laughs> but I know now the power of, you know, praying for her and having her start her day in the Word and being blessed, um, blessed as we go and blessed as we come, as the as the Word says. Yeah, well,
0: exciting. Well, congratulations on the high school thing. So that's that's oh my gotta be fun. So. Somewhere along the way, you decided to write a book and, and share, and, uh, and it's a great book. I've read through it. I read through it pretty quickly, but I did read through it. So what was the catalyst to actually write a book? It's one thing to go through stuff. It's then another thing to turn around and, as you say in the book, have a testimony to share it. So what was the provoking that led you to write the book?
1: Obedience i'm
0: i'm the when same the Lord way tells me <laughs> i'm the same way i really
1: <laughs> felt so strongly that 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 i needed to do it as an act of obedience and i love how one of your guests that um said if we're trying to write a book to sell books we're doing it for the wrong reasons i wrote this book as number one a i realize that not everybody will hire a coach to walk them through stuff. And this was Holy Spirit school. And this is what the Holy Spirit taught me. And so this was just the, hey, if he did it for me, he can do it for you. This was my process. Mm -hmm. And the second piece was I really wanted to let people know that it was possible Mm. because I think that's what we miss. We sometimes think that, you know, that it doesn't matter. But it is possible because if if it happened for you and it happened for me, it could happen for somebody else. I truly do believe that. And how else are we going to get our story in front of people unless it's podcasts like this, unless it's writing a book, unless it's blogging, unless it's going on Facebook live, telling people what's going on, because what we're, we're in this era that we're in with all the internet tools that we have available to us to have people hear from us so that they can have what they need and be equipped to move forward. Now, that's not always good stuff. We have to filter it. But there's definitely an, an, an atmosphere for people to want to know how you did it.
0: Mm, there's
1: so many how-to books that they're selling off the shelves, that how to, how someone else did it is really the key. But I, this was totally an act of obedience. I felt God say that this was something I needed to do. And so I wrote it during COVID last year. And it was really just kind of like, okay, now the outcome is yours, God.
0: I, I, I get that totally because I'm the same way. I, I'm not one that would typically take these two fingers and sit down and type out you know, 70,000 words or whatever. It was total like, okay, Lord, if you want me to. But my follow-up question to you is, is you had said at one point, and I think you've transformed from this, you were a people pleaser and typically people that are people pleasers don't really wanna create something like a book and put it out there. How was that as you were writing, putting words on paper, and about to get a book out that's, I think, best-selling? I think I saw that you've done extremely well with it. Congratulations on that. Um, and, and I guess my question is, did you have any of the people-pleasing that kind of reared up about the time you push publish on the book? <laughs>
1: More fear than anything else. The fear of rejection really came up because I was being very transparent about places of my life that I haven't shared with family and friends. And this was the first time that it was now out there for everybody to see. Hmm. So there was a a vulnerability and um, it felt naked to kind of share this much of what was happening. Hmm. Um, And it maybe it only felt that way to me because it was my life and my story, but there was, I was just very, tried to be very raw and honest with where I was feeling. And, but I will tell you that God redefined people pleasing for me Hmm. because we like to think, Oh, we just need to, you know, we just need to let that that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. I needed to repoint it because he built that in my nature. I just needed to ask him what I was doing with it. And really we are supposed to be performing for an audience of one. And if I am doing everything for him and I am a, you know, pleasing my father, then that's my people pleasing redirected to the right place. And so it was really more of an, it was an easier shift when I didn't have to go re. Change my habits, or retrain my brain, or any of that stuff. I could really just say, "Wait a minute, I need to point this towards the right source." And when I did it, just made it just made my natural gifting to want to please people to now not caring, and now pleasing the Lord and only caring what He says about the whole thing.
0: Yeah, I, everything else is gravy. I, I love how you took that because I, I believe, and I, and I and I've heard you say it. I think a few different ways in in the conversation we've had. I believe that we are created in his image with some specific task in mind. He's got something in mind when he creates us. And so while we may have a high control or, you know, want to people please or whatever, and some of those words can have negative connotations when they're really not, I think there's purpose behind why we're created that way. And, and I think our, assignment on this earth is just finding out what that purpose is and i know you talk a lot about that there there are, there are three topics that i i think you brought them up in the book and i i, I hope that i could get to them before we wrap up here but um i'll go ahead and tell you what they are I, you talk about dreams and the that you have dreams and i and i love i love the uh, the joseph um dreamer uh mindset, one of my favorite biblical characters. You talk about hearing from God, hearing the voice of God, and you talk about identity. And so I'm going to put those three out there, and I don't know if you can weave them together. I don't know if you want to take them one at a time. Uh, I can't guarantee that I won't have follow-up questions but I would love to at least hit on some of those before we wrap up here. And we'll tell people where they can get the book. A lot of this was in the book, but I, I really want to really dive into these as best we can. So what can you tell us about any one of those three or all three?
1: Let's start with hearing from God, because I think the other two will wrap so nicely into that because the word says that his sheep will hear his voice. Mm. And so that means it's not just me hearing from God because I'm special. It's him promising you'll hear from him too. It's just, we have to know how to turn the radio to the right station if we're driving down the road and it all of a sudden gets staticky, we're like, we, you know, take the old knobs, right? The ones that, you know, you and I are probably more familiar with. (laughs) And we just kind of turn it just a smidge. And then all of a sudden it's like 0.8 instead of 0.9. And now the radio station comes in more clear because you're just, you know, out of the boundary. It's just tuning our hearts to hear from the Lord. And he speaks to us all in different ways. And we grow with that. And I'm in a season of my life where he's like, I'm not giving you as many dreams right now because I Mm. want you to hear from me a different way. So now he's training me to hear from him differently. I can tell you that's frustrating because I like my dream life. I like to be able to, I have a stack of books of what dream symbols mean and and what, and then I have a language that's just between me and the Lord. So when I know, when I see that, I know what that means. And from one of my friends, whenever she sees dogs, it's fear. Whenever she sees a dog Mm. in a dream, she knows she's afraid. I'm not afraid of dogs. But for her, she is. And so dogs would not show up as a fear element in my dreams like they do for her. So we have to know what God is speaking to us about. And I kind of grew into that. You have to ask the Lord, what am I seeing? What am I hearing? What am I picking up? And part of it really is recognizing patterns and getting confirmations, because that's another way how God speaks to us is he gets confirmations from other people we will sometimes i mean i have had some billboards preach anybody where i'll have said something i'll be asking the lord something and then i'll see a bumper sticker i'll see a billboard i'll see a commercial i'll see a facebook meme that says hey don't throw in the towel you're not done yet you know or whatever it is and then i'm like i want to knowing in my heart that i was dealing with something where i wanted to quit and then the Lord just brings confirmation and encouragement. Those are some of the ways God speaks to us. We just have to know what they are. So when we know what they are, then we can hear them and hear him. And, and then we can have the clarity that we need to kind of move forward. So I spend a lot of my time working with clients to help them see, how does God speak with you? And then when we do that, we can be like, okay, now we know, now what do we do with it? And what does that then mean? And all of this, thick because his language with you is unique in some ways. And in some ways, we all have that Jiminy Cricket that says, hey, don't go down that path. Or we've made decisions. We're like, yeah, I kind of knew that was a bad idea. And we learn from that. It was like, okay, I learned to trust then that intuition, as some people would call it, or I trust that gut check, or I trust that discernment that that person is not um, the right person I should go into business with. All of these things, these signals that we are learning to hear from, we can recognize as hearing from God. And, um, and dreams are just one of the ways that God speaks, uh, speaks to me. So
0: dreams somewhat of a subset there from hearing from God. Yes. One of the things I want to do before we get off that topic, because uh, we're going to talk about identity also. Sherilyn, I know that there are people listening in. They may be a follower of Christ. They may not. First of all, they're going, wait, you can hear from God. And then let's just say that they're a follower of Christ or something. They're going, I have never heard from God, or I don't think that I have. Can you just give somebody a little tip or something to kind of help them get started? Because I'm with you. I, I mean, like from day one, when I started interacting with the Lord, I've heard from him. We've got our prayer language that we speak also. And and the Holy Spirit speaks to me, and I sometimes in calls like this, I'll go back later and go, I don't know anything I said. I opened my mouth, and it was like, Holy Spirit came through. You may be the same way. We might. This might be nothing but a Holy Spirit conversation, but for someone who's sitting there going, I don't get it. Please, let's help them out a little bit and just give them a little bit of a start to hearing the voice of their Creator, their Lord, the one that has the the heart for them to achieve and accomplish all that he created them for, how can they hear from him?
1: First thing is you have to ask. Mm. Because it just says, he says, I'm at the door. You just have to ask. We have to be open to hearing from him and be open to all the different ways it could look like. And if you are not sure, start journaling, start writing it down, start seeing things. I have a client that she sees God in feathers. That may seem weird, but to her, every time she's asking God, I need to feel you near me. She finds feathers. Hmm. She'll find feathers on her shirt. She'll find feathers on a walk. Okay. Feathers are everywhere, but do you see them everywhere? Like there are some times where God is showing you something over and over and over again. And you're like, what is with all these feathers? Sometimes it's like a, um, we'll go back to dreams. It's a dream that you've had over and over and over and over again that you're like, what's that about? Well, unless you're asking God, what is that dream about? He can't tell you. And if we're sitting down and we're reading the word and we're saying, okay, Lord, I want to meet with you here and then a verse pops off the page, and it's reading your mail, and you're like, that's it right there. That's the Lord speaking to you. So we have to understand it's not always going to be the audible voice of God where it feels like he's in the room with you. There are very few people that have had that kind of encounter. There are very few people that he's encountered with walking him walking through the room. We're not talking about hmm. super, supernatural stuff. We're talking about the normal things of really saying, Lord, I want to hear your voice. and want to see you show up in my life and speak to me and then that's the place to start we have to ask and then we start paying attention it's i love i'll never forget this analogy i was listening to graham cook teach on the fruits of the spirit and he was talking about when you're on when you're getting ready to walk into a restaurant to meet somebody for coffee you're scanning the entire room and you're filtering everybody out looking for one person if we walk it through our experiences and we're filtering everything out looking for how God is speaking to us, you will find it because he's faithful. And if we seek him, he is faithful to meet us there. And so I I will tell you that your language is going to be unique. It's going to be a little figuring it out, but that's what he does. He says he likes that. He likes that. It says in Proverbs that it's the, the joy of kings, the treasure of kings, the glory of kings to hide a matter. And then it's our glory to be able to seek and search the matter out. Um, That was the and Decker version. That was probably so not the way it's written, but that's what I can come up with right now. Yeah,
0: I'm okay. We don't don't have to quote the King James version, but I get it. Good. Now, (laughs) one of the things, this actually feeds into the last item that I really wanted to address, and we won't have the time to go into it, but identity is so important It's also a big stumbling block for many of us because some people their identity is why would God talk to me (laughs) which you know we could address that if we want to and then some people's identity is I've got a job I'm the breadwinner of my house that's my identity and if all of a sudden that's rocked it can change things too. some their identity is running companies and then all of a sudden if those disappear. I would love to get your perspective, and I know we can't dive into it because this is probably a, you know a six-part teaching. But I, I kind of hit a few things there: the person that maybe their identity is why would God talk to me, and then the the person that like you, like me, our identity is tied up in something that may or may not fit what God really has, which all of it's related. So talk a little bit about identity and then we're going to tell people how to get the book because I know you go into some things there and then we're going to wrap up because we have to, as much as I would like to keep talking, identity.
1: So it comes down to who does God say you are? Not who do I say that I am? Not who what do I say Tim is? Who does God say that you are? And that's going to be different. Here we find Gideon in the wine press, hiding, threshing wheat, and God calls him a mighty warrior. He had done nothing. Here we find Jesus being baptized, hadn't done a single thing yet, and he's like, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Our identity is not tied to performance. Our identity is not tied to what we do. Our identity is not tied to who we think we are. Our identity is tied specifically to who the Father says we are, and that's where you start. If you don't know open the Word of God and let him speak to you and tell you who you are. Because when you know who God says you are, nobody else's opinion can change it Mm. because it doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, the reason I love that is you mentioned performance. And there are some people that their identity is tied to how well they perform and some people it's tied to how poorly they perform as a measurement, as the way society measures it. And so I, I love that. Sherilyn, there are so many things that I have here on my pad that we can talk about. But I think it's best right now if I ask you to share who should reach out to you, who should reach out and get your book. Tell, you can give us a synopsis on the book. I, I don't think I did a good job with that. So tell us just a little bit about the book I'm gonna, as we wrap up, we'll tell people where to find it, but also know that you coach, you work with women, you work with groups and things like that. So please tell us the type person that should reach out to you or the type person that should connect with you and get your book.
1: Yes, so I work with, on a one-on-one basis, Christian women who are in leadership or entrepreneur positions mm-hmm. who just wanna hear from God for themselves and for their business. And this doesn't mean that they don't hear from God. Sometimes it means, I need to discern the next steps. I need to discern the transition. I need to discern the next chapter. And sometimes they have pieces and parts, but they don't know how it all fits. And so that's um, primarily who I work with, people who wanna take their relationship with God to a new level and trust him with their work, in addition to trusting them with their spiritual walk. Um, That's who I work with on a one-on-one basis. The, The book is, called Roar Back, transforming struggles into strength. And this is for people who have walked through something and you're ready to ask the Lord, what is it that you'd like to show me? How would you like to use this to strengthen me? And Roar talks about the way we respond to circumstances that come our way, how we see things coming so we can overcome them and not fall into the same trap over and over again how we can learn the lessons and move forward towards purpose. And then the last thing is like revealing everything that we've worked through, getting that breakthrough and sharing it with other people. So that's the heart of the book. And there was one more question you asked.
0: Hmm. I don't know that I recall what it was. And we know the Holy Spirit did not run out on us. The Holy Spirit's still here. So he <laughs> anyway, he I um, yeah, and I, I do want to say I read the book. It's a great read, has great info in it, and uh, I think it has great value. So I highly recommend it. Thank you. Uh, I tell you what the best thing to do. Why don't we let people know where they could find the book and where they can connect with you. And then I've got one or two more questions and we'll wrap up.
1: So the easiest place is to go to my website, Decker.com forward slash seek, go create. So that Tim knows where you came from. Mm. I want to make sure he knows um, who um, connects with me through this podcast and through this Facebook live. So that would be fantastic. And there you can get a hold of um, one of the declarations that I write for walking through difficulties. You can get a copy of the book there. It just links you to audible or, um, Amazon, you can get it on my website. You can also set up a conversation with me if you feel like that's the next step. And then all of my social links are there too.
0: Excellent. We'll definitely go connect and, uh, and get together with Cheryl. And, uh, I, I know I've actually just enjoyed the conversation. I'm sitting here as I'm doing this going, this kind of Holy Spirit talking to me going, I wonder if there's any other projects that we should be working on because I feel and not put anybody on the spot because I don't have any clarity on that. But I'm like going, wow, I would love to continue the conversation. However, we are up against our time. So my final question, we're seek, go create. And we uh, like to ask which one of those words resonates, jumps out at you more than the other two. And why? My final question.
1: It has to be seek. Because if I'm not seeking first his kingdom, then everything else is built on my own. And I can go and I can create all on my own. But if I'm not seeking him first, I'm doing it for the wrong reasons.
0: Mm -hmm. Beautiful. I love it. And you probably know that Matthew 633 is what originated, Mm -hmm. that word originated from, and powerful scripture for me. So thank you for sharing. Sherilyn, thank you for joining us if this episode has been a blessing to you, I believe and know that it has. I'm going to ask a big favor of you, listener, and that is this. Share it. I know that there's a, there's a person's name or someone that came to mind as you were listening in on this, and you said they need to hear this. Sally, Joe, Fred, someone needs to hear this. Please Right now, you can text the episode from the player you're listening in, most likely, depending on which podcast player. If you're on YouTube, if you're on Facebook, it's easy to share there. Please share it with that person. I know you know people that need to hear this. Even if it's you take a screenshot and text it to them or something like that. That is how people hear these messages. That is how people share podcasts like this. It is the number one way that these podcasts get heard by other people so i'm going to ask you do that and i know that you know people that need to hear this so thank you for doing that we're on all the socials so you could share it there we're on facebook linkedin twitter uh, instagram all of those were there so please continue to share and get this message out this is the message that we want to share with people how people can redefine success especially in that area of the spiritual realm, which is so important, so vital for all of us. So thank you again for listening. New episodes every Monday. Until next time, continue being all that you were created to be.